What are you listening to? You don't know that the guys are putting I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colisano, joined, as always, by the interim provost of Michigan University, Mr. Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? Good afternoon, sir, and at 12-0, at the end of the regular season, it feels very good to be a spy, or whatever you like to call me at this point. (laughs) Um yeah, it was. Uh, well, why don't we just go right from there? We'll get. Right why don't into, we dive get right, right into in football? No, no need for any other kind of nonsense. We're certainly the not last, playing golf this time of year. So, let's the do last it. week of the regular season and rivalry Saturday was electric. Great week from the from the pregame shows until about midnight. What a way to end it! And we'll start with my boys, the Michigan Wolverines, thirty. The Ohio State Buckeyes, 24. Call me crazy, but I felt like there was a little extra buzz this year. And I don't know, is this of the last three years? Because Michigan's won now three years in a row, right? (laughs) That would be correct, sir. So for the last two games before this one, was Ohio State favored in both? Yes. Both, right? Even They were were favored two years ago in the famous snow flurry game, the bad weather, CJ's true flu game. Uh, I think they're about eight and a half point favorites. Last year in Columbus, they were about seven and a half point favorites, and this yeah. year they were underdogs. Yeah, I felt I don't know, maybe that's why, because Michigan was favored for the first time in quite some time. It was a different five years, I think. Yeah, it was a different buzz, you know. So I don't know, it just felt well that different. and then the and then the whole stallions thing and well, the day pressure, yeah. Harbaugh not being there. There was a lot of there's a yeah. lot of light bulbs, man. Did you see the rating on this game? I did not see the number. What was it? Okay. So for reference, for those of you out there like, well, what the hell does that number mean? Like an NBA playoff game gets about a nine. I was (laughs) like a really good one. Like or like Lakers Golden State Warriors game seven might get a 10. Um, And the Super Bowl gets like a 60. So the World Series get now like a four. (laughs) Yeah. Like high single digits. Yeah. You know, now it's different for those sports because you have multiple games in a series. So like, well. Let me put it this way. Rangers, Diamondbacks probably got a six. Yankees, Dodgers would get a 19 or whatever. I don't even think I got that high, to be honest with you, just because yeah, there's multiple games and it's it's the debt. So there was, a, there was kind of a debate last week. I saw it on TV a little bit about what are the biggest rivalries in sports. And I, I just, I really do think because it's one game and if we're, and we'll say like regular season rivalries it's the best in sports right now i mean there was a time i in my life where florida state miami was the fucking game like when i was a teenager into my 20s early 20s there it wasn't even to me it wasn't even close like the biggest game of the year now this was big also because it happened it's the last game and florida state miami was usually earlier but because those two teams at the time were both top five programs in the country, that was it was bigger at the time. And but, and at the time too, you guys were in different conferences. Yes. So you're playing and so you're playing true a game rivalry. It wasn't just conference yeah. rivalry. Right. Yeah. It's like you're, you and then Miami was in the Big East for Christ's sake, and yeah. that's how long. Yeah. Was but but right now, and it has been for for a, a bit of while now. This is the biggest rivalry in sports it's the most watched i mean it just is what it is you could say you know yankees boston is huge boston lakers is huge 
North Carolina, Duke, Carolina, Duke. But again, they they all play multiple times in a season in the regular season. Hold on, hold on, wait for my brother. Baltimore Steelers? Oh no, maybe not this week. <laughs> so that that was that was it. But but you know, to to what we spoke about last week, um, and I definitely brought up the point that that you know Ohio State's defense is the best I've seen it in a in a while in recent memory, and it definitely was. It was shown. This was a close game for for a while. This was a Great. very it was close game. It was a close game down on the wire. Yeah, yeah. So Ohio State had the ball, driving to, to take the lead. Um, two things I want to point out to you: twenty-two years in a row, the team not rushed for more yards won the game. Yes, that's, I heard that's that a, during the that's game. Insane, that's staggering. It is staggering because you, especially when you consider the streak that Ohio State was on for a while. There, they were known for throwing the ball, Correct. especially like under Urban Meyer and the last. You know, it just. They were they were great passing well, teams. Well, so. they would jump up to a big lead, then run it down our ass to end the game. So, so that's that has a lot to do. And then, and then yeah. we had to throw to get back in it. So that that had yes. a lot to do with it. Of course, of course. Uh, and the two turnovers we got both obviously enormous. The, the Will Johnson's pick in the first uh, first half, first quarter, changed foot field position, yes. scored a touchdown that drive, and then obviously the clincher from Cleveland's own Rod Moore, which always makes it better. Mm-hmm. I tell you, in this game rivalry, going back back all these years. The Ohio-born players that play for Michigan have such an impact, yeah, yeah. and they make such a big deal out of it because it's like, sure. it's I mean obviously, but it's just it's crazy. Like Desmond yeah. and Woodson, both are from Ohio. It just it's yeah, yeah. The other funny. thing that we spoke about last week that was a clear advantage for Michigan and showed showed to be as much was McCarthy at quarterback, as opposed to a first-year starter quarterback. Uh, what was his name again? McCord. Kyle McCord. McCord at court, who by the way played pretty well. Okay. Um, he he played pretty well. Had a couple mistakes, but that was the difference. And in a close game, that's the difference, right? And we've talked in the past multiple times about how you know um, McCarthy isn't always asked to put up monster numbers, but when he's asked to do something, he does it. Like he's about as clutch a college quarterback as we've seen in some time. Maybe um, totally different type of quarterback, but Tebow was kind of like this, right? Like Tebow was big game, big play quarterback in college, and. McCarthy, you know, obviously we go back to like, uh, what was it, the Penn State game, 30 straight, 33 straight running plays, wasn't asked to do much, so he didn't do much, but when he's asked to perform, when he's needed to perform, he does, and that's a big deal, that some of that has to do with, you know, you've been a starter for a long time, some of that has to do with, you've been in big games much longer, you know, we talked about this when Michigan played Penn State, like, Aller hasn't played in any of these big games. Like, why would you expect him to perform? You know, especially, I guess that was the first one was one when Penn State played Ohio State. Like, why would you expect him to perform when he's never even been put in this situation before? That's a hell of a thing to ask a young player. So the same thing for a kid like McCord in a, in a game against Michigan. Like, wow, that's it's a big ask. And I thought he actually played pretty well on the road as an underdog against you know, probably the best defense in the country or definitely one of the best defense in the country. I thought Ohio State played well. I thought Ohio State played well. They just – Michigan's better. However, I agree with some of your points. I would love to see Kyle McCord without the best wide receiver in the country. Yeah, I mean, he bailed him, him, him out of three plays where, yeah. like – Because yeah. he threw two balls to other guys that were into the ground. Like, I don't know. I, I, he didn't play awful, but no, – That's what I'm saying. I, I just – to me, it was a glaring advantage for Michigan in this game before the game. It proved to be an advantage – it just wasn't. It wasn't the lopsided advantage yeah. that I was frankly expecting. I just, you know, I, I, that's why I mean. I mean, he played better than I. I would have expected him to play. Gotcha. That's all. That's all. Um, he didn't play better than McCarthy, and he didn't play great. He just. 
you know, was, Michigan, was go, Michigan goes on to go play for their third year Big Ten title. We'll get into that in a little bit. But now let me flip this for you. For that's not they don't love that down there. Um, Ryan Day, um, fifty six yeah. and seven, and three losses were to Michigan. Uh, on Twitter, I see both sides. I see people want him tarred and feathered, out, drive him out of here, get him out, get him out. And then other guys are going, you're out of your mind. Yeah. I'm one of the ones that thinks you're out of your mind. Um, I get – so I, I, I think I agree. I, listen, I'll, I'll keep it as long as we can. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> well, you're trying to make the argument that the problem is Ryan Day. And I think that's a bit of a stretch. Like I don't know that he's the problem here because um, – He's only a problem against Michigan. Like you're, he's yeah. Got, he's got three yeah. losses in the last three years in the regular season. They're all just against Michigan. Hasn't lost to anybody else. Like I just, I think you can have two things be true at the same time. And too often, especially in sports, a lot of times in politics, we become nihilists. Where it's like it's either this or that. It's like you can't, you know, you you can't you know, lose games against Michigan and still remain the Ohio State head coach. It's absurd. He's a great coach. They've You can be pissed that you've lost to Michigan three years in a row and yet still think that you have really one of the top five coaches in the country. Yes. Yeah. It's not good to lose to Michigan, that he works his ass off. I mean, I would think... I would think as an Ohio State fan, you at least have to recognize that you were an underdog on the road... And your team and coach almost pulled out a monster victory. You're a drive away from pulling out a huge upset. Here's what I think people are thinking now. For five years, they owned Harbaugh and whatever, and Michigan somehow figured it out. Michigan was patient enough, they figured it out. They Now Ryan Day lost to an interim coach, which pissed people off. <laughs> So one way to look at it, I suppose. It, uh, yeah, I mean, I, this, <laughs> one I'm just, this one I'm telling you what I'm reading from. Yeah, from yeah, Pat yeah, Pat yeah. And I think the fact they're so stunned that they thought they were going to win 35 games in a row, which is so unrealistic, because like we, we talked about last week, everything's cyclical in life. Like, everything comes back around usually. I, I Listen, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a very good coach, yeah. But here's my next question. Who do you want? Well, the, so... You, you think know, Urban's coming back? Like, what, like, what, of course like, not. What, what do you think? Do you think uh, Mike Vrabel's going to be a better coach? I don't think so. Right. And I, I, there was I, I was hearing somebody talking about you know Buffalo moving on Buffalo Bills moving on from um, McDermott McDermott and and I kind of understand that sometimes a coach just brings you to a certain level and he's not taking you any further I get that there's been a number of those but you better be, have a pretty goddamn good idea who you're putting in place because he can't be worse like here's here's the that's the the um the risk you run by saying we're going to replace this guy. You understand that things could get worse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of our listeners, Mike Mangano, says Greg Schiano for uh, Ohio State. Boy, you don't want to be wrong about that one. You know what I'm saying? If you're the guy making the firing and the hiring, I don't. I wouldn't want to be wrong I, about that. Knowing Mike the way I do, I really hope there's sarcasm there, I, and I think there is. Um, <laughs> But you know what my point is just, is it that crazy? Because Greg Schiano is a very, I actually do think Greg Schiano is a very good coach. If you're, if you can make Rutgers competitive, you're a good coach. So somebody, maybe it's not Ohio State, maybe it's Baylor, looks at a guy who can coach Rutgers and does well. 
Man, you better be right. If you're Ohio State, you can't get the you can't get the hire wrong. You know when Michigan moved off of Brady Hoke. Yeah. Were they even were they below 500 his last year? Were they a sub 500 team? Uh, I think they were five and seven. Pretty, yeah, like because they, they, you're I not going to be worse. I think they went from ten and two to seven and five to five and seven, and then they're like, see ya. Yeah. So when you fire that guy, the next guy's not going to be worse than five and seven. Yeah, I remember. Mike. There's only there's only one way to go, and that's up. Correct. Okay. This is three years in a row, basically, that Ohio State's ten and one or eleven and one or whatever the fuck. Yeah. yeah. And, and and they've been under Ryan Day. They've been in the playoffs. They gave, but took Clemson or or Georgia right down to the freaking wire. Yep. Beat Clemson, like, dude. I just, man. You got to be really – just I think it's crazy. I really do think it's crazy. You got a really good coach, he's a really good recruiter uh at a very famous place. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. So uh Friday night, Oregon 31, Oregon State 7. Oregon State hung around pretty good in this game for a little for while. First yeah. half, Oregon pulled away. I don't know if you saw the news today. DJ Uyunglele is out again. He's going to leave Corvallis. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? I mean, I mean, the coach left. I don't know. I, I, how many times can we train? Head coach of Jonathan Smith. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the head coach of Oregon State is going to is going to be the new head coach at Michigan State. Yep. And he's an alum of Oregon State. How fucking wow! Crazy that's is that? that's painful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I would ask questions of like, where's Oregon State even going to be next year? Yeah, that's that's right. Maybe that has say. something to do with it. So in a way, I can't blame him for that. But um, it was a really good game for for about a half. Oregon is a really, really good, very complete football team with an exceptional uh, quarterback. senior quarterback, multi, uh, super senior quarterback leading the way, 70% completion, 70% plus. We're going to talk about them this week in, in the preview, but um, they're, they're a really good football team, dude. This is not this is not the oh, yeah. Oregon team that we watched for years with like Chip Kelly and stuff like that. Like this is a really this is a very good head coach there again. Dan Lanning. Lanning, yeah, from Georgia. Yeah, um, I mean Dan is going to chime in again. He's a really good uh he's a really good coach. He's an exceptional co- um recruiter and there's a shitload of money at Oregon. I I wouldn't expect him to move. You never know what these guys want to do, right? But that's a really good job. With a really good team, and you've built. Be very careful if if you're um, if you're Michigan, Georgia, I don't know, Florida State, Texas, Alabama. Who else might be on that radar? Ohio State. Ohio State. You really are rooting for Washington this week, okay? Because none of you want to play Oregon right now. I'll leave it at that. That's that's what that's my opinion of Oregon. Well, I gotta be. I gotta be honest with you. I think. Th- and no offense to you, Florida State with, with un, unforeseen circumstances with the quarterback. Oh no, God! Nobody, nobody really wants to. No one's willing to play Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, <laughs> or Alabama. I don't know, but I'm saying like <laughs> Oregon's a one-loss team, so you, you, you know, obviously. Yeah, I mean, they, do we talk about that? They should win that game by fucking thirteen. Yeah, Michi- that's, Michigan that's like, and Georgia are undefeated, and they're the two best teams in the country. Oregon, frankly, right now is kind of on the outside looking in. All I'm saying is, you don't, you don't want them in. <laughs> if you're Michigan, if you're Georgia, 
if you're Florida State, if they if they do win this weekend, you don't want them in. This is a really good football team, dude. This I agree. Really, I agree. And we'll get into that matchup against Washington in a little while. Uh, opposite of that game Friday night, the Texas Longhorns take care of business and blow out the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Yeah, um, Texas Tech hung around again also like early for a little while, but then there's just too much firepower there. There is a quarterback at Texas Tech that I like. Um, he's very young. He's only a sophomore. But uh, just I, I brought him up last year to you in a text message. I bring him up this year in here. Just you'll be you'll be hearing about this kid from Texas. Get a freaking absolute cannon for an arm. They got some issues they got to deal with. Texas is just Texas is really good, really good offensive line, really good defensive line. If you look at like if you're wondering like why the Philadelphia Eagles are so good, it's because they dominate both sides of the off of the line of scrimmage. They have they usually have a better offensive line than your defensive line and they have a better defensive line than your offensive line texas is very similar um they have excellent excellent lines up front on both sides of the ball and and that's why a lot of times games are close early and then they bust they bust michigan's very similar in that way where they'll, they'll just lean on you long enough and you, you can't weather it so texas is very similar in that exactly way. what happened the other day they lost their great guard all-american great player um and then the backup comes in, and they go for an eight-minute drive, six minutes to, to kill the clock, basically, and yeah. and wear you out. It's yep. So, so think, Texas think, is think, very similar like that. I think Joel Clack called them like a boa constrictor, which is a pretty good thing. They just squeeze yeah. the life out of you, and at yeah. some point, you're you're running out of gas. Now, Texas definitely does have some some real weapons and some real players, and we've said this before. If you just go, all you have to do is go and look at oh, the yeah, NFL draft. Definitely, definitely. And year after year, they have players, you know. But they just always seem to find a way to come up short. I definitely put them like next tier. Do I think they could beat Michigan? Do I think they could beat Georgia? Do I think they could beat Oregon? Sure. Do I think they could? Sure. Do I think they would? No. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put money on. I. It, I, so. I think they're a little bit too one dimensional on offense, which you you really can't be this time of year. And I think. Think of the rest of the teams. Who else and is one dimensional? And, and, and I think Sar- And I think Sarkeesian. I think he's listen. He's good. He's a lot better than he was. I don't know if he's a big game coach just yet because he loses the he loses the Red River game and yep. stuff like. I, I, but listen, they do what they had to do. And now they go on to the Big Twelve Championship, which we'll get to in a minute. Absolutely. Um, this game has to be brought up because they're playing Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Iowa thirteen to ten. Over under was twenty five. It it's, goes under it's again, bananas, dude. These these I, over and unders are going to start to look more like baseball over and unders than they are football. It's at least this week it's in the thirties, like Christ Almighty, like over and under is twenty five, and it still went under. It still went under, <laughs> dude. In the, I don't know if you watch any of this game. Nebraska had the ball. No, I'm sorry. Iowa had the ball like a minute to go. By the way, no, I didn't watch the game, and I don't know anyone who did. Yeah, I had this on for a minute because I was waiting for the Jet Duffer game to come on, which was another horror show. Mm. But I, I had ten ten on. It was ten ten late fourth quarter, about a minute something to go. Midfield. Iowa throws a like a slant right to a Nebraska guy. I'm like, holy shit, Nebraska didn't get out of here. Two first downs, kick a field goal, get out of here. They go to ball. They go to the ball. Nebraska does the same thing. He throws a fuck thing over the middle. <laughs> Iowa guy standing there, and then he returns it to like like pretty good territory. Kick a field goal. They win. Yeah. Dude, with a minute to go, Nebraska had a ch- like what a bananas ass game. It's man. crazy because this is one of those that you know Nebraska was someone a team we talked about a little bit and say hey, you know Matt Rule looks like he's doing a decent job at least turning things around. There's a little momentum. They got a you know yeah. they got to five wins and they had 
would they have two or three opportunities at the end of the season to get I that one three. I think get three. one more win and they cheer. And now what? Your season's over. I think they were five and three, right? Or something like that. Five, <sighs> five and four. What? Let me see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They definitely had more than one. They definitely had at least two, maybe three chances to get that sixth win. And then what happens now is that like your season's over. There's no practices, recruiting. You don't get to to have the recruits come in and watch practice and see what's going on. Maybe invite them to the bowl game. What that kind of stuff? And it all just goes away. And I feel like it's like they'll still take a step forward, but it's just going to be like a half a step or one step instead of maybe two or three steps. Wow. They were five and three oh, going Jesus. into November. And they have they won lost a game four since. in a row. Four in a row. Ay, ay, ay. And listen to the teams they lost to. Michigan State, Maryland, 13-10. Golly. Wisconsin, Iowa. What was the score to Wisconsin game? 24-17. You know, you could say this about them. Their defense seems to be improved. That I'll give you. They got to get themselves a quarterback and some weapons. I mean, it's rough. It's, it's rough, rough watch. It's an rough Iowa. Well it's said. Iowa-esque. <laughs> Bro, Ugh. That was the bad. Well, that was early in, though. So. In Michigan, forty-five-seven yeah. at home. <laughs> I will say this: tell everybody Iowa's record: ten and two. Ten and two. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. It's not no. pretty. In fact, you know, it's ugly. It's the bearded lady at the circus. It's rough. Okay, uh, <laughs> it's put a bag over its head before you go to work. Oh, whoa, whoa! But, whoa. but it's ten and two. It is ten and two, and and frankly, it's actually maybe more impressive, considering just how anemic they are offensively. How could you average like sixteen points a game, and still be ten and two? It's really insane when you think about it. it and and it, and they should be eleven and one because remember that punt return game I told you about? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's really kind of crazy, but so it's crazy, you know. It is, and they're it is. banged up. They're banged up as all hell. The two Michigan transfers are out for the year with ACLs. The quarterback? Crazy. Yeah, the quarterback's out. The yep, Cade, tight end, yep. Yeah. Uh, for Mr. Mangano, before you go to work here, pal, uh, Georgia sluggish at Georgia Tech. Uh, yeah, it was a much closer game than should have been. Yeah. You know, I'm sure Georgia was probably that yeah, half the team was hung over. Uh, yeah, I think, dancing I think girls we, the I, night before, keg stands. <laughs> about going to work. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think they pulled a lot of their guys early too. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't take I'm much just, from that. It doesn't mean anything. I'm just we, we should have the team. Oh, they're gonna yeah. fire up. Go travel <laughs> off the road. Pal. Yeah. Sit half the team and then lose to Georgia Tech. That would have been fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, what's, what else is there to say? It was just you know. Although we we talked about, I, I said this a couple weeks ago. Georgia Tech is is played a much tougher this year than I expect them to. They're not a good team, but I look at them it's and I say, yeah. is this a second or third year i can't remember the guy's name but um this is the first year since he's taken over that i was like okay they're competitive yes. i saw some bright spots quarterback looked good he's a good runner decent passer i saw some bright spots it was the first time i looked and i said okay maybe next year yep and it's one of those programs that i actually do root for i don't know why exactly um when i was younger georgia tech was a pretty darn good program they did win a they shared a national championship one year and but but they were a perennial good team, nine ten wins every year. So I don't know. I kind of you know, and they were also really good in basketball at the time too. So I just they were a good program and everything. I'd like to see them kind of come back. 
there's definitely money there. Trust trust me on that one. There's definitely money at Georgia Tech if they can find a way to turn things around. The Washington Huskies survive against the rival in the Apple Cup, Washington State. What a fun game to watch. I watched this one from, from start to finish, and it was a lot of fun. Um, I'll be honest with you. Cam Ward outplayed uh, Michael Penix. This was probably, in my opinion, the worst game that Michael Penix had this year. Missed guys. So one of the things that I love about Michael Penix so much is he's, like, ridiculously accurate. Like, he just is just incredibly accurate, putting the ball in the right spot and on time. And he missed guys wide open, just missed them. Like, he was, yeah. it was he had, like, some Zach Wilson moments, frankly, like, you know, a quick out, and he just throws the ball over the guy's fucking head. And this was more early than late. Early on, he just was, I don't know if he was out of rhythm or just wasn't feeling it or I don't know what was going on. Um, so, but, you know, they, there was enough there, and they end up winning the game. Cam Ward is, is a really nice player. He played really well. He's the reason they were even in the game. Um He's a very interesting player because he has the ability to run, but he doesn't always take off. He actually, like, he kind of runs to throw. Although, if you watch him, he's definitely athletic enough to run and get yards. He just chooses. Uh, he's kind of like Bryce Young in that sense, but he's much bigger. Uh, he, he chooses to run to throw. And when he's on the run, he is freaking deadly. Like, got a cannon for an arm. You had sent me. I had been talking about Cam Ward for a few weeks now, and then you sent me a text. It was you right about the the ten teams? Who was it that said? It? Why don't you tell? Why don't you tell everybody what that what what you had read? Well, there's rumor coming out that ten teams are now. You, we talk about Cottrell becoming free agency. Ten teams have reached out to him right when the season was over to come transfer out. Right, come to our school. Right, nil money, and he'll make seven figures, like guaranteed. Yeah. And yeah. the reason that is is because you got so many guys that are probably going to go pro. Uh, Drake May, Kim. Um, Caleb Williams, some of these other guys, and he's like the hottest commodity, you know. And I said to you, like, it is actually the wild, wild west now. It's more free agency than you get in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like in the NFL, at least you got to fulfill your contract, and then you can be a free agent. This is, is just pure straight level? free agency. He is a junior, but I don't know if it's like COVID junior or real junior. I don't know if he has two years left or one, uh, because of the COVID year really didn't count. Do you think? Do you think he leaves? Well, again, we're in a similar situation with Oregon State. I don't know that Washington State has a home right now. So that's a tough one because he transferred there. He went to mm-hmm. um, freaking like Sacred Heart or something. I forget. Immaculate Heart. Uh, Incarnate Word or something. Incarnate Word. That, I think it actually is yeah, that. Is it? <laughs> I think that is that. And and transferred there. Listen, this is not this is not a little guy. Uh, he's 6'2 and change, 225 pounds. Like, he's a big dude. This is not like, you know, you look at Michael Penix, he's a little thin. You look at Caleb Williams, he's a little short. Cam, well, Cam, Cam Ward is a big dude. He's he's legit. Like, he's a big dude. He's bigger than Deshaun Watson. He's bigger than Joe Burrow. I'm, like, looking around the NFL. Like, he's he's not little. And um, he's put together. So he's a freaking hot commodity, man. And now the way it is, like you're saying, 10 teams, I mean, what would you do? I don't know. Do you go to, do you go to your... <coughs> See, because it's not the schools that are paying you. So it's not like you go to your coach and you say, hey, you got a mil and a half for me? Like, I don't know who you go to. Or does the coach reach out to boosters or whoever these big money people you are ever, and say, hey, man, you got to throw some dough at this guy or else he's gone. You ever see the, you ever see the TV show Friday Night Lights? Mm-mm. 
Oh, dude, you should watch I it. I know of it, but I never watch it. Because the movie it. bothered me so much. I got so pissed off because when that came out, I was a head coach. And I'm watching these parents <laughs> talking to the coach and him being like, you could see the look on his face. was I got to get the fuck out of here, man. Why am I even sitting here listening to this shit? <laughs> and it really bothered me so much that I turned the goddamn movie off. So that's funny you say that. One of the guys that talks to, to um, Billy Bob Thornton that, He's like the head booster of the high school at, at in, uh, in the TV show. <laughs> and I was going to say, like, Buddy Garrity was his name. And he was, like, the kind of guy everyone went to, like, we need this. We need this. Yeah, we need yeah, this. yeah. Like, that's, like, what I was thinking where, hey, listen, don't talk to me as that coach. Talk to this guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Does the head coach now go to, like, the local car dealership and say, yo, man, you got to, like, got pony up or else we're going to lose our, you know, one of the best players in the country. Crazy. I don't know what you do. I don't know what your options are. I don't know how that friggin' works. So, you know, Matt Rule came out this week. He had a little press conference, and he was talking about NIL, and he was saying how, you know, you're talking, if you want to get an elite player, you're talking about somewhere between $1 and $2 million. And he he wasn't he he wasn't against it, per se. He's like, you know, you have to make a decision if you want to do that for one year, or is the guy worth it for two, or do you want to try to recruit somebody and build them up in your program but then worry about whether or not they're going to leave because of nil money somewhere else and you can you can it was a if you get a chance you scotty and anyone who's listening see if you can find one of the most recent matt rule maybe like google matt rule and nil press conference or something like that oh yeah it'll come right up it'll probably come right up and you can see while he's explaining this he's not anti-nil but he's also he He's trying to explain how this landscape works, but while he's trying to explain in layman's terms and make you understand, it's not as easy as just ponying up a million bucks and you got the guy because a year later he can leave right. because of you know basically total free agency. So it was a very interesting watch if you're into like, hey, check out his body language kind of stuff because he was kind of squirming and thinking, but it, it was very interesting. It's it, it's definitely worth checking it out. So yeah, I, I it is it is. Yeah, a so that's weird. that's where Washington State is in a is in a bind because like, what do you do? Do you have to outbid the other school or something? I don't know. Can you even have? I don't know. It's just yeah. it's it's crazy. I think it's actually harder than being an NFL coach in that sense because at least in the NFL, if you sign a guy to a four year contract, you know you got him for four years. Right. You know now you, now you give a guy a four year scholarship and. It's year to year with every single one of them. You know, we don't even talk about, you know, the was into the transfer portal and he's going like, you don't even hear about that. But the coach has to deal with every single one of these guys, man. And it's tough. That's it's got to be crazy. It's got to be crazy. I'm sure it drives a lot of them nuts. And I know it does because they've said it so much. <laughs> Fucking man. Mm. <laughs> uh, that will never punch a player. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. Yet. Iron Bowl. I got one word. Wow. Oh, my God. I've never seen anything like that. Dude, what the fuck was that? Bro. So, <laughs> I've told you before, like, um, I, I watch these games with Rosie, my girlfriend, right? We, and Because she loves football and she knows football. So, we're, we're watching this game and Auburn scores and takes the lead. And we're rooting for them because she's like me. If we don't have a rooting interest, we root for the underdog. It's just more fun, right? So, Auburn takes the lead and, you know... Alabama's coming down and now it's like last play so I said to her I go I think I looked away maybe I made a drink and came back and I'm like wow fourth and 33 fourth and goal from the 33 that's a tough one she goes well you never know and she goes wait what I go she goes wait what yard line is the ball on I think she might have thought I said three, three? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I said the 33 and it's fourth and goal and she's like 
oh my god, this is the the guys who were calling the game recognize that there's only two down linemen. Yeah. And she goes, are they really only going to rush two guys? And I go, I guess they're all going to be like in the end zone. So they rush two guys. And then the two guys who were rushing, they kind of don't even rush. They don't even move. They, they like barely fell down. They were more like in contain. And then he releases this ball. And it's one thing that you somehow find a guy. But I'm like, you got nine guys in the end zone. How is there only one guy? There's one other one. How is there only? And she, she was, I, this is, was so funny to me. That game ends. She's like, what the fuck? I don't know. Why would you do that? I don't like this coach. I don't like, that's some bad coaching. Bad coach. I changed the channel to go to another game. I forget which game I changed it. She's sitting there with a frown on her face and it's just quiet. And I go, I look at her and she goes, I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about that. Does she have money on the game? No. She just was so pissed at the coaching. She's like, that guy's lucky. I'm not the athletic director. I would have fired him on the spot. You, I would have been looking for a coach by by 6 o'clock this afternoon. Like, it was ins- – I don't – I don't understand. I don't under- I don't know how the hell that happens. Yeah, if you just put all nine guys spread out in the end zone – and never covered anybody. You just spread nine guys out in the end zone and waited till the ball was in the air. You would have done better. That's probably a good call. How yeah. does that happen? I don't know. Oh my god! You talk about a season changer. Could you imagine? Again, we'll go back to recruiting because at this point, for a team like Auburn, a school like Auburn, it for you, right? But if you beat Alabama as like a twenty-two point on whatever they were favored by, I don't know, sixteen or yeah, 14, twenty. Man. I don't know. Bro, the recruiting that you have at that point, holy shit. You, you, at that point, you might have some kids, you know, from the area that are like Auburn, Alabama, Auburn, Alabama. I'm yeah. not sure. I haven't decided. You beat Alabama. Bro, they, maybe, maybe just one of them or maybe two of them or maybe three of them choose Auburn over Alabama. They got a new coach. Maybe the tide is turning. Nick Saban's too older. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, you lose, and now not only do those kids who are flip-flopping not choose you, but now somebody else decides, you know what, fuck this. I'm not going there. Like, one play. What happened? And, the, and, and now, like, you got to watch your rival. Now go maybe play for, play for a national title. Play. <laughs> oh, my God. Crazy. It's just, it was bizarre, man. Sending only two guys. And at least if you would have sent them and they would rush the passer, you know he can't run. So rush him. What are you, you worried about? Contain. Like, he can't run. He's going to run for a 33-yard touchdown on fourth and 33, fourth and goal from the 33. It was just, it was Not horrible. Bad. And if you weren't sure what you should do, call a fucking timeout and, like, talk about it. Ugh. In fact, I think they did come out of a timeout, as a matter of fact. So, I like, you're there's, right. there's no. There's, I think maybe multiple timeouts. <sighs> I think one called one, then the other one Bro. called one. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You talk about a fortune tur- turner. Like, uh, I just. That's fine. Unacceptable. It's just unacceptable. But her Last reaction, I'm telling you, she was pissed for an hour. I'm not exaggerating on this, by the way. We went to eat something. She's like. I can't believe they let that happen. I'm like, bro, that was like an hour ago, and we don't even care. Like, what are you doing? It was something. It was something. (laughs) (laughs) Last one, Florida State, really slow start, but their defense, like you called, they were going to step up and 
I think they got six sacks in the second half, and they they pulled it out running game and defense. They outlast yeah. the Gators in the swamp. Yep. Um, this was a, I look at this and I say it was a good win because, you know, I, we talked about last week how they lost their starting quarterback and they're playing with a backup. I think he even got banged up at one point in this game, later in this game. So it's a good win. Um, you know, it's nice. They play Louisville this week. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't be shocked, although I think it's a little late in the process now, but I wouldn't be shocked if Florida were to move on from their coach. Frankly, I think they should. Uh, I don't see... You know, when you when your program isn't where you want it to be and you hire a new guy, success. You know, you shouldn't expect Nick Saban come in two years later, you're a national champion. That, that, that's unfair. But it is fair to accept expect some level of improvement, visible improvement. You know, uh, Doug Peterson takes over for Urban Meyer last year. And it was a little bit of a rough start in the beginning of the season. They didn't play particularly well. But as that season went on, and I'm not – forget about the playoffs and how they did well in the playoffs. But just as the season went on, it was clearly visible improvement. This year, Houston Texans off to like a 1-3 and three start. But obviously, as we watched them, clear improvement. CJ Stroud, all the – you know, Tank Dell, all these guys like there's this improvement. And you can clearly point to it. Frank Wright gets fired, and you're like, see – a lick of improvement from beginning of the season to now. So, and that's what I, where I where I'm at with like the Florida coach. I don't know if this is the second or third year, but they kind of look like the same team they were when he took over. Yeah, and that's just not acceptable <laughs> for a program like Florida. If you were at Vanderbilt, that might be okay. If you were six and five at Vanderbilt, you know, six and six, seven and five at Vanderbilt, that's okay. But not at Florida. I, I just don't think that's good. You got Tim Tebow on the field getting an award. Handed to him by Steve Spurrier, and you're like a 500 football team. That's yeah. just that's not okay to me. Bad uh, optics. Probably time to move on. I don't know if they will this year because it's like I said, it's a little late, but probably should. You have anything else? Mm-mm. No, sir. Championship weekend is here. Friday night rematch. Or I'm say about this later, but you talk about. Uh, I love that it's on Friday, and I think the I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the Pac-12, which will no longer exist, I think over the last few years they usually do this game on Friday, which I like. Isolate your game. There, there's an argument to be made that it has helped them. You know, maybe, maybe that's why this year they oh, were. Did it? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why this <laughs> the year they were. Conference is gone. <laughs> well, I just mean no, they were great this you. year, and maybe that maybe that has a little something to do with it because they got such great exposure for these championship games, but. Um, I am so this might be the game I'm looking forward to more than any of them this weekend because th- th- they played already this year. Washington won the game. Uh, Oregon out out uh, yardage them by about a hundred yards. Couple questionable coaching decisions by oh, the Oregon God. coach. Um, you're seeing literally two of the top what, three quarterbacks, four quarterbacks in the country. Top top, top four, two, quarter- top five maybe at the very least, one. top five. Uh, yeah, I was. Yeah, two yeah. fun teams to watch. You know, outside of Washington having beaten Oregon earlier this year, both teams haven't lost to anybody else. You know, Washington's undefeated. Oregon basically trashed everybody else. So uh, I'm glad it's on Friday because this game deserves to be isolated and watched by itself on both sides. So another thing I want to point out indoors, which is great. Track me. Right, if you're if you want the scoring, it's going to be great. You're not going to have to worry about that, you know, Great Northwest weather. Yeah, Penix is playing through shit weather, like, you know, so yeah. his numbers haven't been great. 
But right. now you get indoors. Maybe to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Yep. I think, so, I think they hang around in this. A lot game, of right? fun. I, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the best game of the weekend. I'll, I'll say most entertaining game of the weekend. How about that's what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Big Twelve. It's Oklahoma, but it's not the Oklahoma team you think. It's the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Gundy did a hell of a job. We've talked about him multiple weeks this year. Um, he did. They did a hell of a job last week because they were losing to BYU were, for three quarters of that game. game. Yeah. yeah, and came back very late. Did that game go to overtime? I think it did. I think it might have gone to overtime, cool. and then they won an overtime, maybe double overtime. Um, you know, your first instinct is to just say, "Oh, Texas is going to roll." Uh, I, that would be the wrong instinct because Oklahoma State finds ways to stay in games, and as we, as you just so eloquently put gundy is one of the best at making adjustments why because over the years he's had to very rarely is you know against the better teams is he the more talented team so i think he's been there at least 20 years right it's gotta be it might be more than that frankly gotta be and over I 20 remember, years i'm at high school 20 years i remember being in there like the whole time i've been out so yeah like so he's been there at least 20 years yeah and he's always kidding. been in the same position where he's kind of like the stepsister and if you want to compete you're going to have to make adjustments and he's very good at it and his coaching staff is very good at it what's also really cool about uh, oklahoma state and their coaching staff is that because they're like a second tier team their coaches don't get yoked for head coaching jobs as often as some of the other coaches like you'll see you probably see a, one of the coaches from Michigan this year get yanked yeah. as a, you know and, be, and get pulled as a head coach somewhere or Oregon might lose their offense coordinator I wouldn't be surprised if a Washington lost an offense coordinator some stuff like that happens all the time doesn't really happen to Oklahoma State a lot because they're kind of like second tier 2005 yes we're talking 18 years yeah so that's that's why I like them and and frankly the other side of it is Texas has a way of playing down to their competition. I don't even care how big the or or up to their competition as we saw against Alabama. So don't be so quick to say this game is going to be a blowout. Is it is there the potential for it? Sure, but I actually would be kind of surprised if it was. Third longest tenured coach. Who who's ahead of him? Kirk Ferentz. Kyle Whittingham. Sure. Isn't it year. amazing? I think one year before. Whittingham replaced Urban Meyer. I know. And Urban Meyer went to Florida, then quit. Ohio State, then quit. And Jags, and got fired. In between Fox Sports. like Now Fox Whitt Sports again. And now Fox Sports <laughs> Like, holy shit. Like, wow. They're no, it's not. For a while. Yeah. Um, they will play Texas. Uh, I think... I have something to say about this game in a little while. Mm. I think this game is uh, – last year we assumed Texas TCU was going to roll Kansas State, and they did not. They still got lucky enough to get in the playoff and won. Uh, they beat Michigan. But, um, by the way, they're not bowl eligible this year, right? TCU was had an awful year. I think they ended up, what, 5-6 and six or something? 5-7. Five five and seven. Something like that, yeah. Wow. This is why we talked about earlier this Oof. season when Colorado beat them. It was like, all right, everybody slow down. Right, they lost their quarterback. They lost a shitload of Pete, players. At some point, people are going to start listening to us. It's going to be a great day when that happens. <laughs> idiots, you know, people think, "Oh, you're fucking crazy," and then, oh, now you got people talking about, "Oh, Deion Sanders catching a lot of heat because of the and and it's probably because there was too much attention early in the season." Where'd you hear that before? About a month ago, folks, right here. So spread the word. SEC championship, a game that has been played multiple times over the last couple of years, Georgia. Alabama. Where are you at on this one? Because the, the the 
hesitation I have is because of Georgia's schedule. Like, Fair. I, where's the where's the big time team that they've played this year? And Missouri gave them trouble. I wouldn't call Missouri a juggernaut by any means, but they play hard. They do, and they're good Tennessee this year. Was, Tennessee was awful this year. Every big game Tennessee had, they lost like twenty. This is what points. I mean. Some of the teams that we would have expected to say this will be a great game, it wasn't Georgia's fault. It was Tennessee's no. fault. It was Florida's Kentucky's like, Florida's fault. Did, Georgia did their it was job. Florida's fault. Oh, you, you know? make a good point. Alabama's schedule was much harder. Much harder. Much harder. Um, especially including their at a, at a conference against, uh, you know, against Texas. So. Tuta, you're gonna talk. You're gonna talk to me about Ole Miss. Yeah, like really, that's their on. tough schedule. Come on, bro. Alabama yeah, shit can, on Ole Miss. Kiffin still hasn't won a big game. Mike, Mike, you got to come with more heat, my man. You got to come with a little more heat. Um, teams, Appalachian State. So, I like I like Georgia's roster. I obviously yeah. did. They won two championships. Uh, yeah, I mean that's not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not reinventing the wheel here. Saban in these games, dude. There's something. And Kirby's earned it too. Kirby's a good coach. I'll give you Absolutely. One. But Saban's got this like, dude. What? They're only six point dogs after the way they played last week, and George is rolling. I feel like the seems low, be, right? It seems low. It seems low. I, I uh, Bama's defense is very good, but so is George's. So is I, I, dude, this game, yeah, this game, I have like, I have no comfort feel on this game. Like, I do you think there's because this rarely happens in. In these types of games, do you think there's a possibility of like a, a game in the teens or low twenties? Yes, you do. Yeah, I think I think low twenties is probably more fair. 23-20. Yeah, I think there's a possibility of that for one reason. I think both coaches recognize mm. the talent on the other side of the field, and you don't want to make a big mistake. And when you're playing, you know, I always call it like the puckered asshole rule. Like if you're playing with a puckered ass, first don't make any mistakes. And when you're playing that way, games tend to be lower scoring games. And it's understandable why either or both teams would play that way. You know. Let me ask you a question. To your point. What coach trusts I would lean that way too. And and, and I'll be honest with you. Also, he's their Georgia's quarterback surprised me this year how good he actually is, being that he's first year starter. Like I, you know, my rule is kind of like I always like to bet against teams, especially early in the season. I like to bet against teams that have a first year starter a quarterback. And it, to be fair, that kid has been really good right from the start. Like he he's pretty he's he, he's been surprisingly good. Yep. And while while I do acknowledge that Alabama has done a really good job of adjusting to what Milrow is good at and using that. I don't think he's anywhere near as good as, as what's his name Beck, right? Because yeah, Carson Beck. Yeah. I, I think he's a lot better. So, um, you know, if you just, if you just go off the surface, you think Georgia's going to win this game, but Georgia has I don't the best think it's that simple. In the country. Definitely. Um, and I'm with you. Like I think Kirby Smart's a really good coach. Their defense isn't as good as it was the last two years because they're all the good. NFL, so that's, it's good. Yeah, I mean no, it no, was insane good, the last two years. Yeah, you can't years. keep that way up for three years. There's no, no way because you just lose too many kids to the NFL. Yeah. It's just yeah. hard, you know. But it is still very good. I don't know, man. I got no feel on this game. Like, like uh, I'd be more shocked if Bama won, but I wouldn't be well, like, sure. oh my god. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, I don't think it's like some 
wild upset i would i mean i would have a holy shit second or two like damn okay like wow well if they be honest i mean georgia hasn't won three i would (laughs) georgia hasn't lost a game in three years so i know you know know. it would be a bit of a surprise but not like an earth shattering like wow i never saw that coming i didn't think that was possible like if i were to beat michigan you might hang yourself Easy. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like you, you'd hang put yourself, that out there. So. <laughs> that kind, they might not score. That kind of, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me at all. <laughs> Did you see that? We'll get that in a minute. We'll get that in a minute. Uh, we'll go to your boys first. Louisville, Florida State. I gotta tell you the truth. I'm rooting for you, man. I, I, dude, you don't come this far and then get fucking like cut I know, off. It like, sucks. Uh, it's it like, sucks. You know what it reminds me of? I don't know if you'll remember this, but like, uh, this might be 20 years ago. Uh, Cincinnati basketball had an undefeated season going, and Kenyon Kenyon Martin, Martin. I don't know if it was his knee, broke his foot. I don't know what the fuck it was. And they maybe lost in their conference championship game because of it, and then they ended up being a two-seed instead of a one, I think, or maybe they still got the one-seed, but obviously they weren't the same. I'll be honest with you. I think think Florida State's kind of in the same position here. Like They won last week, which was great. Um if they win again, you cannot keep them out. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. You can't. you can't. you can't. I will. I will say this though. Upset alert. Uh, they're not favored by a lot. Louisville yeah. is a pretty goddamn good football team. It would have been a tough game with uh, with uh, what the hell's his name? Jordan Travis. Tra- yeah, and it would have been a good good game with him. Man, if they win, I'll be pretty goddamn impressed. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Louisville wins this game. In fact, I will say this: I didn't. I, it's not one of my picks, but take low scoring again. I don't know. I don't know. It's not like Louisville, Louisville has a great defense. defense. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And and I'll say this again: like like I said last week, Florida State will definitely be leaning on and hyping their defense. Like we need you guys to create turnovers. We need you to be flying around. They need their defense to play perfect again. Um, so. Or at least for a decent a decent segment of this game, I, I I see upset alert city man big time. I think it's really really possible. Neutral sites, so you don't even have home field advantage to say like, hey, let's pull this off. Where's this game, Charlotte? I don't know, I'm not sure. Come on, you're a Florida State guy. You gotta have this yeah. information. Well, because once that once the quarterback gets hurt, you're like, oh fuck, it's over. You know, like I don't even want to watch Jets games because it's so just negative. like I don't want to talk. Wow, well, you, you've, you've, you've been like that for thirty years. So I mean. <laughs> that's true too. That's why I watch Red Zone. <laughs> I just watch Red Zone. I can't be bothered. Uh, obviously, last one here: Michigan against Iowa in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, uh, screenshot: the first half over under for Iowa. What is it? First half for just just Iowa? Just Iowa. Six point five. Oh my god! <laughs> what is it? So is it six for the game? Second half over under for Iowa. Point five. Point five. Oh my god! They're expecting a shutout. Basically, I put a thousand bucks on both. Fuck it. Like I would take that? Iowa. Yeah, I mean, just kick a field goal. No, you get a turnover and just kick a field goal. You know, like a bad handoff or something. Just that's crazy. Um, I may have a little something to say about this game later, but I'll say at least this: um, there is a chance. There is a chance that Michigan can be a little sleepy in this game. They haven't been the last two years. I just say because I just say because they've been this through Iowa plays. They've been through. They, well, this is why they've yeah. been through hell. The last few weeks, yeah. and they've rallied the troops. And energy is a limited, a limited qu- uh, quality. Like it's it, it, you you can't just go to that well of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps and you know us against the world every week all the time. Oh, I totally disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Well, let me just say. 
so there's there's the there's the chaos of the last three weeks that they've overcome and done it well, and then there's the idea that they're they're humans too. They know Iowa can't score, so it's hard yeah. it's hard to get. Regardless, I understand it's a championship game, it's a conference championship game, and I expect them to win a game. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying it's hard. They're human, and you realize this team doesn't can't compete with us. It's hard to drive yourself all week when you know the other team it. can't compete with you. I get it. However. They see the light now at the end of the tunnel. Michigan has a saying, the team, the team, the team. Those who stay will be champions. They're 60 minutes away, becoming three in a row Big Ten championship. And four years ago, this was such a pipe dream that Michigan would even be in this game. Their mind went three in a row. This team's very senior-led leadership. We've been talking about this for weeks. And now they get Jim back. So I think that's the boost you get. You get Jim back. Coordinators go back to coordinating. Listen, they're not going to lose this game. Make no, I, I'm not I, trying I, to say that. No, I was going to hang around because that's what they play. Yeah. Sloppy I mean, would you be surprised? Would you be surprised if it was six nothing at the half? I would not be. Like this no. is a, make no. you know say what you want about Iowa offensively. They're their best player. That hurts. Yeah, that I'm hurts. just saying. You know, I I agree with you. And their special yeah. teams. This punter is going to pin them back as much as they can go. JJ. Yeah. Listen, but you know they were saying today on one of the shows too, like. They need turnovers. Michigan, like knock on wood. They, they don't turn over a lot either. Like, <laughs> like, so. like three or four. And I think yeah. that's a big ask. Uh, you know, they're 22-point underdogs. That's just that's a hell of a thing. That's crazy. <laughs> that's a hell of a that's thing. Um, yeah, so, we'll, oh, will playoff. Uh, one Georgia, two Michigan, three Washington, four Florida State. Outside looking in. Five Oregon, six Ohio State, seven Texas, eight Alabama. Man, Bama's got to jump a fucking ton of teams if they win this game. Nine Missouri, ten Penn State. Those teams are out because they got two losses. Everybody else from eight and lower or probably have a shot if chaos ensues. Um, so Ohio State has no chance. I don't know. I do. I've seen them get in. Fuck. Well, What's the year, scenario that they get in? Because you need Alabama I, I, to. Be I guess Georgia. I guess Georgia loses. Washington loses. Nah, Oregon goes. Yeah, the winner yeah, Oregon's in. Goes. You need Florida State to lose. Texas to lose. Texas to lose. Georgia to lose to Alabama. And Michigan, Michigan game. They need Michigan to win. Like, how do you drop Michigan when Michigan just beat you? Because I don't know. You're going to compare losses. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how. I don't know how Ohio State can get yeah. in. Because Michigan has one more game than them. I, I would mean, think you need Michigan to lose. Yeah, probably. Let me ask you it this. Is, Forget about Ohio State. Forget about Ohio State. If Michigan loses, are they out? Yeah. Let's say this let's, let's put this scenario out. And this is not ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> the rest won't be ridiculous. Like uh Washington wins. So they're still undefeated. They're in. Florida State wins. They're undefeated. They're in. Right. Georgia, Georgia wins. Georgia Bama winner. Georgia wins. They're undefeated. They're in. And Texas wins. Probably Georgia, Texas, Washington, Florida State. Right? Yeah, probably. Oh man, don't talk to me for a week. Te- that Texas, you think, so <clears throat> you think you think Texas would be in over Michigan if Michigan again? Michigan's not losing this week, but you think Texas would be in over Michigan? Yeah, because they lost to Oklahoma. I mean, I mean, I want Oklahoma have the same record. I mean, how can I mean? I, I yeah, I 
I guess because the spread, do they put the spread? Do they put the I'm point to spread? Think, in is there like, another like, way for Michigan to be out? I just don't know. All right, let's say Michigan loses. Not going to happen, but yeah. Florida State loses. Okay. Texas loses. Okay. And what about Georgia? No, we need them to win. So Georgia wins. Because you want you want as many two-loss teams in there as possible, and what happens right? with Oregon State, Washington? Well, the winner of Oregon State, Washington, to me, is yeah, in. So it doesn't go. matter who so wins. Georgia, so Georgia wins. They're in. Winner of Pac-12 in. In. Everybody else loses that's favored in this game. Florida State, Michigan, Texas. Who's Who in? Who's in? Michigan goes. Does Ohio State sneak in? There's that. There's your argument I, for Ohio it's State. Crazy. I, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy. There's your argument for Ohio State. It's crazy. They always find a way, bro. Because who else? If not Ohio State in that scenario, who else? Texas would have two losses. Alabama would have two losses. Oregon would have two losses. Florida State has one, but they don't have a good well, quarterback. Right, let's, let's, quarterback. Say, let's say or, let's say Oregon wins thirty-one thirty. So then Washington both have one loss, and that whole scenario just happens. They don't. It doesn't matter. And both in right? No way, right? No. The winner. Yeah, the winner. Okay. That Ohio, Ohio State, State would go. get back in, and you'd yeah. have two. Well, that would give you two Big Ten teams, right? Is like last saying? year. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we have a scenario for them. Crazy for you, Buckeye fans. We just helped you out. So to the NFL, that we scenario go. is not crazy, by the way. That's nuts, man. No, it's not. It's, it's gonna be not. a crazy day. I'll be drunk for like fourteen hours. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> NFL Week 12 review. Turkey Day. The Lions did not show up at all. Hey, give a little credit to Mike LaFleur and Jordan uh, Love. Dude, a lot of credit. Yeah. That was a great game plan they had. Great game plan. And more to what I was going to say is that this kid has definitely grown over the last four or five weeks. Got about three wins in those four or five. Like, I He's think, getting there. I think, people, there. I think people need to... And it's hard to do it with the way uh, rookie contracts, especially first-round rookie contracts, are structured in the NFL. you got to start to learn to be a little bit more patient with some of these guys. Four years or three years, whatever. He sat for three years. This is his fourth year, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Um, It's hard, and you need reps. And not only do you need reps, you need talent around you. Like you look at Zach Wilson. He's got reps but no talent around him. And then you wonder why he's struggling. It's like, well, you know, it's it's a hard sport. It's a really hard sport. So – I like what I'm seeing. Again, I don't know that he's a, I don't know that he's going to be a star or a Super Bowl quarterback. I'm not there yet. But you have to at least be impressed his work ethic, the work that the coaches put in, the work that he puts in with his wide receivers. There's clear Im- improvement, and I just like to see that. I think that's a really cool thing to see with a young kid like that. Who a lot of people had given up on. He had a good first couple games. And then struggled for like four or five weeks in a row. And then people were like, see, he stinks. They got to move on. Who are they going to draft him for? It's like, okay, can you slow down just a little bit? Like, can the kid can the kid learn? Can the kid watch some film? Can the kid get a shitload of reps in and start to improve? You know, a lot of times when people don't understand what, when coaches talk about getting more reps, just like anything else in life, the more you do it, the quicker you can do it. So it's like reading defenses. The more you read defenses – the quicker you can process that reading of those defenses. And that's kind of what you're seeing. Look, he's very athletic, has a live arm, throws a beautiful ball. There's a lot there to like, chip side of it. He's fantastic behind a mic. Like when he's being interviewed, he has all the right answers to all the questions, puts responsibility on himself, is grateful for the players around him. Like he's really great. So I like what I'm seeing there, and it's been pretty impressive. On the other side of it is it's a fucking bad loss by Detroit. 
Yep. You can't you can't tell me that you're one of the elite teams in the country now in the league and lose at home on a holiday game. It's your game. And the week before you were lucky to come back with a win. Yeah. Too. So bad loss for Detroit. And I would be a little concerned if I was a Lions fan right now. Just a little concerned. Not overly concerned, but just a little concerned. It's two like you said, two weeks in a row that they underperformed. The Seattle Seahawks, they play it tonight. We'll get into that in a minute. It looks like they're coming back to earth a little bit here. Yeah, Geno Smith is kind of looking Geno Smith-like uh, before last year. Did he throw for 10 yards in the first half last week? That I don't I know what the numbers like were, but oh. definitely over the last five weeks, he's been a bit of a turnover machine between fumbles and interceptions, and they haven't been exactly the prettiest ones either. So, um, you know, there's definitely some work to be done. I, I, I had said to you, now you had mentioned that there's like some injuries that they're dealing with and all that kind of stuff. So that definitely doesn't help. And then they get smacked around by San Francisco. So I appreciate you for getting me off of that game because that was going <laughs> to be one of my picks. So you got me off. Thanks a lot for that. San Francisco, no, by the way, continues to look. When they're healthy, they look like the best team in the league. Now, I, I totally agree. everybody gets banged up. So you can't just like say that. That's how it's going to be. But, boy, when Debo Samuel's on the field and uh, Trent Williams at left tackle, yeah, bro, uh, Brock Purdy looks fantastic when when they're all there and all together. So, you know, if, if they're going to be healthy – and, listen, it's not impossible. This is what we said about the Rams a couple years ago, and they ran a table and won the Super Bowl by staying healthy. If they can do that, I think they're – I still think they're the best team in the league. The Denver Broncos, five in a row, be Cleveland at home. All right, so you got to give them credit first before we go anywhere, if we're going to be fair. Russell Wilson, some credit for being you know, coachable. I don't know how coachable he's been over the last few years. I think he ate a little bit of humble pie and said, you know what? I got a Super Bowl winning coach here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut the fuck up a little bit and maybe listen. And there's been some improvement. Vance uh, Joseph, I got to apologize. Dude, They've been better on the defensive side of the ball. Bro, you have to give – all the to me, all the credit I'm seeing belongs on a defensive side of the ball. I think yeah. this is if you're asking me to be honest, offensively they look you know more or less like the same team they've been most of the year. They still don't score a lot of points. They still don't put a lot of touchdowns up. Um, but defensively, wow! Like I guess what I would say is this is the defense I thought we were going to see last year when Russell Wilson first got there because that was the team that we said they're a quarterback away from being an elite team. And I think most of what we were talking about was that they had a really good defense and some pretty nice-looking wide receivers. And you know, once again, we were about a year ahead of schedule with what we were saying because defensively, like, like really nice. Now, with that said, you know, other than maybe like the Kansas City game, I know they beat Buffalo too. They've come up within those five wins. They've come up against some pretty bad, you know, pretty bad offenses or backup or backup quarterback. I would go more media. Yeah, absolutely, I'm saying, but but do you think of them as like an elite offense? No. Do you think of no, Cleveland last week as an elite offense? No. No. Yeah, we got to be fair. That's all. Um, so so I guess if you if I was to say like, do you think this is this is real? I don't think it's five straight wins real. I think they're definitely improved and yeah. they're wildly improved on the offensive side of the ball. Like I mean, defensive side of the ball, wildly improved. Yeah, like I wow, agree. like really, really physical, fast. Like really nice. So, a rivalry game that we're probably going to see for the next ten years, hopefully in the AFC South. The Jaguars on a clank missed field goal at the end of the game, beat the Houston Texans in Houston. 
Yeah, if I'm being honest here, to me, Houston is one of the more fun watches in the NFL right now. Um, not that they're one of the best teams. They are they look like a good team. C.J. Stroud is fun to watch. Yeah. Um, D'Amico Ryans looks like he's doing a great job. I think you and I both like watching up-and-coming teams slash players. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think we both take some pride in spotting talent early, spotting a trend early. I think Houston is a fun watch because they're trending in the right direction, and we all are kind of watching how fast is it going to happen. And they got some players. They definitely do. I talked about this a little bit in the beginning of the season, or I should say before the season when we did our, our season preview, and I said yeah. – they signed a lot of good players. They didn't sign a single great player because nobody wants to go play for the Houston Texans. But if I, I would implore everyone to go back and look at their free agent signings in the offseason and look at who's playing well, and you'd be surprised at how good, not great, but how good a number of these free agent signings were. And just good fits. Yes. <clears throat> and then, of course, on top of that, they drafted pretty well. C.J. Stroud playing excellent. Tank Dell looks like a really nice receiver. Um, even the kid who was uh, Anderson is starting to play a lot yep. better. Yep. You know, it takes a combination of free agency, drafts, a little bit of luck. Uh, you know, you're not, Conference, in, a, you're not in a great division. Yeah, yeah, All yeah. these things are helping. But, boy, they're a fun team to watch, and it's becoming an easy team to root for. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Houston Texans jersey sales are probably going through the roof at a higher percentage rate. Like one of the best games of the year so far, Buffalo at Philly in a fucking monsoon. I'll take some. I'll take a little bit of credit on this one. I told you that Buffalo was gonna was gonna give them a game, and if we're being honest, they should have won this game. Um, yes, I'm gonna put, I agree. I'm gonna put this on McDermott once again. They had a chance to win it in regulation, and their defense failed them. They had a chance to win it in overtime, and their defense failed them. You're a defensive coach. And you don't even take care of your side of the ball, uh, you're in trouble. He's in trouble. Josh Allen, I don't care what anybody says. Yes, he turns the ball over too much. So did Brett Favre. He is, you know, we try, you know, we we talk about Joe Burrow being. To me, I see Joe Montana because you know he's very cool, very calm, does all the right things, so smooth, doesn't turn the ball over. That was how Joe Montana was. Josh Allen is very much Brett Favre. Yes, you get the turnovers. Listen to me very carefully. You're not even watching Buffalo Bills football right now if there wasn't a Josh Allen. He's their best running option. He's their best passing option. He does everything. He accounts for 80% of their offense. He's tremendous. There's about four teams in this entire league, maybe, that wouldn't take Josh Allen over the guy that they have right now. So They're the Giants without Josh Allen. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like outside of Josh Allen right now, I I should say outside of uh, Stephon Diggs, they're not yeah, the most talented team in the world. Who do you know? stars are banged up. Right. Yeah. Like, who do you know on Buffalo? Let's be real. Like, if I if I told you, if I said name five players on the Pittsburgh Steelers, you could probably do it pretty quick. Name five starters on either side of the ball on Buffalo. Most people can't do it. Outside of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, you can't name too many guys. That says something. So, it was a really good game. Fun game to watch. Dude, um, Jalen Hurts is just really nice. And, oh man! And it's what's funny, we, is he, and we we loved him in college. That makes us yeah, feel better too. Like he's absolutely, but he's the opposite of some of these so like poised, super, so super, da- uber talented guy. He's not. He doesn't have the strongest arm, and he's not necessarily the fastest. But he's one of the hardest workers in the league. 
he's getting better every season as a passer, and he's just like he's just a really hard guy not to root for. I'm not an Eagles fan at all, but I'm kind of a Jalen Hurts fan. I like watching him play, and oh by the way, he's a freaking winner. I mean, what's not to like about that man? And you know where we have questions about Lamar Jackson and whether or not he's a Super Bowl winning champion, uh, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I could be wrong, but I think I'm right on this, that he's you're never going to win less than 10 games, but you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. We know for a fact that you can win a Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts because you had that game won. And I always just say, regardless, if you make it to the Super Bowl, if you're good enough to make it to the Super Bowl, you're good enough to win the Super Bowl. They just didn't do it. And then on top of that, he performed at an MVP level in the Super Bowl. You know you have a, potential, yep. a Super Bowl winning quarterback, so... So why don't we jump right in there? Good segue. Absolutely. Ravens, Chargers. Uh, I will agree with you. I, I'm watching Lamar throw the ball. He cannot win a Super Bowl the way he throws the ball. There's just no way. No, because – okay, so here's what happens a lot of times. Again, going back to, like, the nihilism. He'll make a really great throw, and people are like, see, he can throw it. Well, dude, he's a Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. He threw for three thousand, you know, 4,000 yards in one season in college, and, and he's an NFL quarterback. Of course he can make throws. I'm not saying he can't make the he can't do it on a regular basis, and he really starts to struggle when the other team knows you. This okay. NFL playoffs. <laughs> NFL playoffs are hard. They're close teams since Tom Brady, right? There's no, and he's more athletic than Tom Brady, and he loses, and he has a hard time, and he had to come from behind to win a Super Bowl. Like, it, do you think? I'll put it to you this way: Do you think that you could have just? taken Lamar Jackson and put him in place of uh, Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl last year and you would have won the game? I hate to tell you, the answer's no, okay? He's not chucking a ball all over the field and making a big comeback. It's just not going to happen. You Now, what I will say is Baltimore is a really good football team. They're well-rounded. They're good on defense. They run the ball well. They have a good offensive line, and they have good receivers. So play from behind, and then they could win. But I think that's a big ask because that's just not how the NFL playoff works. You show me the Super Bowl winning team in the last 10 years that at some point in the playoffs didn't have to come from behind. It didn't happen. The Rams had to. Tampa had to. You know, everybody has to. So I just don't see it. So the other side of it is the Chargers just. So wow. I was just going to say the other side <laughs> of it, 10 points at home. Dude, at some point, I've been saying it. Herbert's got to either should have got off the pot. You have to, just, you have to say yeah. it. Yeah, we've both been saying this. Like, and I like the kid a lot. And if you're, do, do I want him? Oh my god, you know, maybe maybe it's a coaching issue. I don't know. But at some point, we can't just keep saying it's not that he's the problem. I'm just not seeing him as the solution yet. And he's not progressing either. No, and I don't know how much is the answer in Cincinnati. Josh Allen is the answer. In uh, in Buffalo, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud has been the answer in Houston. Chargers, Chargers are the same team they were before Justin Herbert. They're not a playoff team, or when they make the playoffs, they lose after. You know, Justin Herbert is the same guy who was the quarterback when they were winning twenty whatever twenty seven by winning by twenty seven points against the yeah. Jags and lost the game. You can blame it on the coach, but he was the quarterback of that game, so. You know, Matt Ryan gets a lot of shit for losing against uh, New England in that Super Bowl, as does the coach. I'm just saying it's not all the coach. At some point, we got to start looking at the quarterback and saying, what's going on? Yeah. You can't keep telling me how great you are and you're a 500 quarterback. This one's going to hurt you, bro. Um, 
Is the love over for Josh Dobbs? Um, no. But I think the overreaction to Josh Dobbs is, maybe is over. Uh, I think some people were looking at him as um, – I'll just say better than he is. There's a reason he's been shipped around the league to five or six – five backup quarterback. I think he c- probably could be a marginal starter in the league. I'd rather have him – I'll stand by what I said, which is I'd rather have him as my starter in New York – with the Jets than anybody that we have. I think he's better than Zach Wilson. He's definitely better than Tim Boyle. Like, I wouldn't mind having him, but he's not an elite quarterback, isn't going to be. And with that said, I can still root for him because I still like him. And I still think, I still think he's a great person and a great kid. So, but yeah, you know, you got to be just realistic. I think it was a little unfair that we're looking at him like, because he's super brilliant. We're like, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is brilliant too, but he's marginal as well. So just be fair. I just think just say I just say be fair. That's all. NFL Week 13 preview starts tonight. By the way, thanks not thanks for not asking me about the Jets Miami. Yeah, game. I think that 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 show's over. And to be honest with you, I, I don't know that I even watched half the game. Yeah, I don't think I did. Smart. I think I moved probably on. Probably Smarty at- says. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle at Dallas. That's tonight, right? Or as we're yep. recording this on Thursday. Yeah, uh, you know, you mentioned earlier how Seattle's struggling. It kind of came back down to earth. Dallas good at home. A few too many injuries. Dallas at home has been very good. Dallas at home against sub-500 or 500 teams is even better. Uh, really tough spot. I'd be stunned. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be stunned, stunned if Seattle's even within 10 points. Denver Broncos. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Yep, yep, yep. I would submit that Dak Prescott is probably having individually his best season uh, as a quarterback. You know, I think maybe they had a better record when he was a rookie or something like that, but that had a lot more to do with the team around him than him. That was Zeke, offensive line, running football. He wasn't asked to do much. He's having his best. Also, how about this? I'll say his best statistical season of his career. Sure. How much credit are you now giving to Mike McCarthy that maybe we, we including me, may not have given him before the season started yeah. or at any point of him as as a coach? I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to trash Kellen Moore in the, in the pre, uh, when we went over the Charger game a couple weeks ago. It started to seem like the Cowboys made the right decision moving mm. on from him. I know, my Cowboy, I know my Cowboy buddies feel that way. Um, yeah, but you know, we also did say, I remember in the preview that – not necessarily will it be a good idea because we didn't know how Dak was going to react to it because they want McCarthy wants to throw it. However, it works out so far because Dak's been great. Been he's great. Not turning it over. He's been great. He's he's still having a very good productive year and they're still getting other guys involved. Like it's like it's been a perfect balance so far for their offense. But we do owe McCarthy an apology right now, right the day before December first. But this is where it gets serious. They got they got some tough road yeah. games. They got to play on the road. I think in Miami down the line, they got to play the Lions. They got to play another tough one. I think they got to go to Buffalo in the cold weather. Yeah. Let's let's see. Listen, like, I think it's fair to give him some kudos because it's yeah. deserved. And especially if you really start to take a look back, and I'll give Colin Cowherd some credit because he's been a, <clears throat> a major, uh, you know, detractor of Mike McCarthy. He took a real look and said, "Look at his record with Brett Favre. It was like." 22 and 9 or something like he only had him for a short time but really good winning record uh look at his record with Aaron Rodgers winning record in a Super Bowl look at his record with Dak Prescott he's 
like 55 and 19 or something like that. Something pretty impressive. He's even five and one with Cooper Rush. Yeah. I can, and we can uh, criticize Mike McCarthy for some late game decisions, some late game clock management issues. But don't we do that with a lot of coaches? Wasn't Andy Reid criticized for late game and late season games when he was with Philadelphia? Uh, Even McVay, who we think is one of the better coaches in the league, got just destroyed for um, his game plan against Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl and some of the decisions they made. Shanahan is criticized for that game against oh, yeah. for the Atlanta game against uh, you know uh, Tom Brady and 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 even some of the games some of the decisions late game decisions in Super Bowls and NFC Championship games and everybody gets criticized nobody's perfect right and Mike McCarthy is far from perfect it definitely makes clock management decisions you know, play calling decisions late in games but everybody gets criticized for those things. I'm not saying he's one of the best coaches in the league, but I think we have to at least acknowledge that he's a good coach. Mm-hmm. He's a good coach. I mean, he might not be the, your first choice, but if you remember back, you asked me, do you want him to be your head coach of the Jets? And I was like, I think I probably would. I think I probably would. And I wonder I wonder if Jets fan Robert Sala or Mike McCarthy, what they would choose. I'm not sure. I really don't know what they would say. I, I really don't know. Mm, I know. What do you anyway, think? What do you think they would say? M- McCarthy. You think so? I, I don't know. I think I, th- I think Robert Sala has grown on a lot of people, so I'm not sure. I, I really yeah. Not I, sure. I told you I told you this last week. Something about him rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, you don't like him. I know what you would choose. Uh, yeah, I don't like him. <laughs> uh, and 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 he's gonna have his work cut out for him next year with 40 old Rogers coming off an injury too. That's not gonna be all fucking high and mighty like people think. No, <laughs> so we'll, no, no. We'll, we'll see. Uh, the Denver Broncos at the Houston Texans, six and five or six and five. Yeah, fascinating game because, you know, again, one thing that Houston is really good. they got great offense. They're just chucking the ball all over the place, playing very well. Um, so we'll see if uh, that that Denver defense can keep up with that and if the scoring. You know, that Denver game last week kind of went as we said. Like, you're playing against a backup quarterback. Be, don't make mistakes. Kick the field goals. Take the points. Get to 20. I said, I, I said 17 points would win it. 13 points would yeah, win it. Yeah, get to 20. <laughs> that, was all, that was your goal. Don't don't get crazy. And right. But that's not this game. Like, you're going to have to. No, different game plan here. Yeah, you're on the road, number one. You're, um, you know, you're playing a team that can score some points. I think it's an interesting game. I think it's a good test for Denver. If Denver goes down there and wins this game, you can you can you can kind of stop the well. All of these five games, you know, maybe not. Yeah. No, this would be a real win. You go on the road, win a game at Houston against this team who's kind of playing well. That'd be a good win. That's a good win. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. I don't know if they're gonna win, but it would be a good win. Week 13, I think this is a really, really big week for both these teams. Detroit at New Orleans. Yeah. Um, New Orleans is so weird, dude. They, they really, like, move the ball Car, up and down the field. They just don't score. Car is stealing money right now. Car is stealing. In the 20s, they just don't score. He turns it over last week, 90-something yard pick times. six. Man. And then Taysom Hill. Oh, I'm done with the Taysom Hill experiment, too. Oh, Enough yeah, with yeah, this stop. shit. That's, that's and, dude, it's not, even with the, it's not even with the – Champagne's not there anymore. That was his fucking baby. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, so and and obviously like you said, you know, Detroit the last 2 weeks stole a game last week, but we gave them credit cuz we said this is this is not what Detroit normally does and it is what good teams do. You're not necessarily playing well and you and you pull the game out in the fourth quarter, that's what good teams do. Well, good teams don't lose at home on Thanksgiving at your at your place, which is always where the game is against a sub, you know, against an inferior team. So 
This is a really, this is a really your ass for twenty five years, and you had a chance to get him on Thanksgiving. Everybody's watching, and you lay an egg. Yeah, I just, I think it's a big game. I, I don't, I don't, th- I, I haven't thought much of New Orleans for the last few weeks, so. I'm more interested in how how does Detroit respond in this but game. But there's still a half a game out of first. Oh no, absolutely. That's because why, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. it's a shit division. But right, I, right. That's I don't why I brought at, up. We, I don't think either one of us looks at them as like a contender. Where I think we kind of look at Detroit as a contender, at least in the NFC. It's starting to fade fast for me though. Because of last week, you know, if and they would have before. But I think after the week, at least after you win, you still it's yeah, a win is a win. You get you give up thirty some the fields at home. Like I get that. Uh, I get that. I'm just saying we weren't saying that. I know. After that game last week, we I know, are I, saying it after this week's stu- game. But now you put stuff. Together, yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So three, maybe I still think you're a contender. They lose this game, I don't anymore. I agree. I don't. Cleveland Browns at the L.A. Rams. Is Joe Flacco their starting quarterback this I, week? I, th- I think he might be. I think he might be too. So you know, I'll lean Rams. <laughs> I've seen Joe. Although, what, listen, what I will say is that Joe Flacco can still sling it. He's got a freaking, he's got a cannon for an arm. And if you want to know a difference between Joe Flacco last year with the Jets and Joe Flacco this year with Cleveland, is that the Jets had a shitty, horrendous, god awful offensive line, and Cleveland has a pretty good offensive line, and Cleveland can run the ball. And Joe Flacco, maybe you can get him to do some play action passes. So. Listen, he's only been there for two weeks. I think it's a, it's a lot to ask. <laughs> but the Rams aren't, you know, aren't, you know, killing anybody. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're in the game. And I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Flacco plays better than people might expect. But I still think the Rams should win this game. Yeah, I think, I think so. they should. San Francisco at Philadelphia. Fascinating. Boy, Philadelphia has run the gauntlet for the last three weeks. Okay. What did they play? Kansas City. And then Buffalo, and now San Francisco. Dallas, Dallas is in there too. Like yeah. hell of a stretch. All wins so far. Do they have one more? You know, big game, big win in them. I, it's a tough ask, but I will tell you what, I think you're crazy if you're going to go against them. Like, how do you go against this team after yeah, what no. you've seen? They just find ways. It's not always pretty. It's not always awesome, but they just find ways to win. And as we've talked about so many times, like West Coast teams coming east. Is that a 1 o'clock game or is that a night game? 4 o'clock. 4 o'clock game. Okay. Um, you know, I think – I just think it's a big ass, but I, 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 you'd be hard-pressed to bet against Philly. I just think it could be a mistake. I think this game just – I think it's just wear and tear on Philly. Do you, find, you think I, they finally I, I, succumb? I think they finally have a little bit of a dud. I think it's closer, but I think they finally like – so let me ask you this then. Let's say Philly loses this game. How much do you hold that against them? I don't. You don't, right? Even no, though it's a loss at home? I don't. How much credit do you give San Francisco? I give more credit to San Fran than I can blame to Philly. Okay. But then do you do you if Frisco wins this game, do you elevate them above Philly? What I'm trying to say is how much do you I know, yes, because they're healthy. Yes. Okay, I so I that's what I'm I'm trying to gauge like how much weight are you putting on this these I, last four or five I, weeks I, that Philly I, I has played? I think for me, I think for me right now, if the Niners stay healthy, I think they're one Philly two and Dallas is kind of a distant three, a little bit. Okay. Like that's what I that, Okay, I think that's and then fair. and then and then after that I have the rest. Yeah. All right, so let's see what happens. I think I think you're right. Um by the way, Mike brought up Jeff George. Jeff George is one of my favorite quarterbacks of all time because he had a, he he did have a cannon. He did absolutely. from uh, Illinois. There you go. Absolutely. 
Last one, Monday night, little luster lost here with, with Joe Burrow being out, but the Bengals at the Jaguars. Yeah, there's nothing here. Any for shot? Me. Any shot, Bengals? I don't know who they're, who's their quarterback. Browning Nagel, no, Jake Browning. Jake Browning. From, uh, yeah, no, no, no. Even if they did, it doesn't. To me, the game. No, and it doesn't matter. It, this game matters for Jacksonville, of course. Like you want home field advantage in a AFC, in an AOC playoffs. Like, uh, you can't lose this game. But even if Cincinnati were somehow to pull it off, it doesn't mean anything to me. There's no way they make the playoffs. This is not. This is no longer a playoff team. No longer a team that should be even considered for the playoffs. And that's that. End of story. Next game. Would you like to gamble? I would love to. Let me rewind this. Actually, okay. Uh, last week, I know I had an ugly week. I've been I've been cold as hell. Uh, Scotty, I lost fucking Nebraska assholes. <laughs> <laughs> I was one in three. You were. What did Duke and Pitt do? Do you have any idea? Uh, Duke won. Oh, Duke won by how many? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, what did I take? Well, Pitt. Well, this is a good segment. Did I take Duke or Pitt? <laughs> you took Duke by six. I don't know what the final score was. Oh, now I got to know. Hold on a second. I, it's usually you going to the smartphone. Now it's me. This is... You got the Bills by half a point because they don't have to kick the extra point in overtime, which Thank is God nice. Thank for that. You lost the Vikings, and I think you lost LSU, too. But. Who am I looking for? Duke? Yeah, Duke. Duke and Pitt, huh? Coach K. Uh, uh, Duke. Oh, Duke was a cover. 30-19. You're welcome. Oh, there you go. Nice. What was my record then? Uh, I think one, two, one, and one. I'll take it. I'll take it. Why don't you start us off? I'm going to the Big Twelve Championship game. You said it before. If you think Oklahoma State's going to go down there and get run over, you're mistaken. Gundy has a fu- fu- a funny way of hanging around in games. Adjusting, they got they got one of the best running backs in the country. Ollie Gordon, I think his name is. They the Big Twelve championship game is always weird. It's it's bizarre. Like you think one team's gonna run away with it, then yeah. the other team comes back, takes yeah. the lead. It's a twelve noon kick, and by three thirty, you're fucking hammered. You're just crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, that might just be me. Yeah, that's just you. What are you talking? Um, about? No, that's not that's not just you. It's also me. I think Texas wins the game, but I think Oklahoma State keeps it kind of close. So give me the Cowboys plus fourteen and a half. I love. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy line. Can Texas win by more than that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But. You, to your point, these games are usually a little, a little crazy, so I wouldn't be surprised in that one at all. Uh, I'm gonna go to the Big Ten championship game. <clears throat> Listen, there is no question of who's gonna win the game. This is not a money line call, so let's not make any mistake. But Michigan is favored by what? 22 and a half? Is it 20? Score 21 and a half. Let's let's round it to 22 just to be fair. Um, Michigan's going to win this game, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's if it's relatively low scoring. If you could say what you want about Iowa offensively, and it's pretty rough. I think Scotty laid it out for you as well as it could be laid out, and, and through Vegas, first half and over and over and under for Iowa is a half a point. Second half over and under is a half a point, which is a total of one, which you can't even get one without getting a touchdown. So. But the funny thing is, I don't know that Iowa has to score for them to cover this game. It wouldn't <laughs> shock me if the final score was 17-0. It wouldn't shock me if the final score was 20 or 21-0. So, seems a little crazy. I think this is one of those games where John, uh, Jim Harbaugh knows we're not losing, so we're not showing shit. 
It wouldn't be even Fair. thirteen nothing wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if he ran the ball seventy straight times just to shove it up the ass of the Big Ten commissioner. Give me, <laughs> give me Iowa plus twenty two points just to cover the spread, maybe by a point against uh, against the number to, to me the number one team in the country, Michigan. Florida State, Louisville. You just have you don't give any shits. You're just going right at all the most difficult games. The whole world. <laughs> Oh, Florida State quarterback start. Oh, they're not going to do shit. They don't deserve it. They're not going to win. They're not going to be Florida. Blah, 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 blah. Hell, I put them on L upset alert, right? Guy's a Florida State fan. He's <laughs> a fan. Fanatic. <laughs> I'm thinking Florida State because you know what? I want to see them shoving up everybody's ass. There in the you BCA, go. In the college football playoff. Listen, beginning of the year, I said Louisville was going to be ranked. Brahms a good coach. They're going to get this thing cooking right away. Yep. Norvell's done a hell of a job at Florida State where the Deion Sanders talks are so far in the past. Gone. Can't even see him. I think he proves it again. Florida State 24, Louisville 20. If Scotty was trying to find a way to get me to root for his picks, he just found it. I'm <laughs> in. Let's go semen holes. Uh, I'm going to the Great Northwest for my second game here. I, I'm so excited to watch this game. Oregon is favored by nine and a half points. Let's let us not forget that Washington won this game earlier in the season. Uh, after that game, Oregon has just absolutely dropped their pants and shit on everybody. USC, Utah, you name the team, they have pummeled them. But folks, nine and a half points against a team on a neutral site against a team that beat you earlier in the season. Listen, I'm the first one to say that I think Oregon might be playing the best football in the country and very well could be the best team right now. As I said earlier on this podcast, I don't know that any of the top teams, Michigan, Georgia, I don't think they want to play Oregon State in the first game of the playoffs. Right? Nope. What did I say? Oregon State. Or I don't think anybody wants to play Oregon in that first game of that playoffs. I'll play Oregon State all day. Let's yeah, go. You'd have a better chance. But boy, nine and a half points. Michael Penix to me is still the front runner for the Heisman Trophy. This team hasn't lost. They've played all the teams in the Pac-12 and beat them. They've, if they needed points, they get points. If they needed to play defense, they play defense. Give, dude, I think this is like a gift. Give me Washington plus nine and a half. If this game was three and a half, I probably would have taken Washington on a neutral site. So you're giving me nine and a half. Give me the Huskies plus nine and a half against Oregon. Does, am I crazy? Does that line just seem absurd? No, it's, weird. it's almost like they're begging you to take it, though. It's like very Yeah, strange. I was going to say, normally you would say, fishy. It's very strange, man. <laughs> um, anyone that knows me knows I love the Denver Broncos. You? I'm very happy with what they've done the last couple of weeks. Should be. However, this is a very, very tough ask, I think, to go into Houston, although not a far trip. Houston's playing very good football, coming off a heartbreak loss. The game, I think they 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 felt like they could have won that game. Denver's still trying to figure it out in spots, and I get it. I think this is I think this is where Denver kind of lays an egg here. I like Houston minus two and a half against Denver. I don't like busting your balls, and I didn't call you once or text you once during a Michigan game or anything like that. And I didn't want to like poo-poo like shit on your five-game winning streak. But I'm kind of with you on this. Yeah. Houston plays good every week, but they win at home. Like, they go on the road and play good at Atlanta, but lose. They played good last week. But they win at home. So, I'm with you on this one. I think I think Houston probably 
uh, finds a way. Is to it one of your picks or no? It is not. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the big trend that I follow year after year, and more so this year than any other year, is that I like to bet on good teams that lost the previous week, especially in a primetime game. Detroit, uh, you know, we're, we're preaching, and everybody's preaching them as a legitimate team, conference championship teams, possible Super Bowl team. Mike Mangano is here saying he still thinks Detroit's in the Super Bowl. Mike <laughs> smokes a lot of weed, so we can't hold that against them, but that's okay. Team, you know, everybody in the country is watching this game, bellies full of turkey and stuffing, and they lose. You got to go on the road. You got to win this game. You got to prove to everyone. You got to prove to yourself, Detroit, that you're a legitimate team. And I think, I think they do it. I think this is one of those times where your coach matters. And I think Dan Campbell has a way of rallying the troops. Give me the Detroit Lions. I, the line's a little high for my liking here, but I like the scenario more than I like the line. Give me the Lions minus four and a half to beat uh, New Orleans. Wow. Yeah, that's a little steep for my liking, too. However, the Saints might have their whole offense out, so maybe not. Who knows? Um, I'm going to leave this simple here. Rams minus two and a half. If Joe Flacco plays quarterback, you could give me fucking – I'll lay 13 and a half. I, <laughs> but I, I don't really care. The Rams are playing better. They're getting healthier now. The, the, the Browns, I think, are – unfortunately for them, Watson got hurt. This guy got hurt. Uh, listen, Flacco off the car wash. I don't think going around – I don't know. If he comes out smoking a cigarette with a beer belly, you know there's a serious oh, problem. Give me the Rams minus two and a half against the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> I think that's a pick against the Browns more than it is for <laughs> the Rams. Um, listen, Pittsburgh fires their offensive coordinator, and they come out and have their you know best yardage game. They still don't score a lot of points, but they had their best yardage game in like three years. They This is the first time they went over 400 yards of Crazy, offense. Man. They didn't punch it in, but... You know, they looked a lot better. At the same time, the Cardinals are like a different team since Kyler Murray has returned. And I don't know if it's the new coach. I don't know if it was because of the injury. I don't know what the hell it is. But Kyler Murray, to me, looks like a guy who cares. And the one knock to me on him was he never looked like he cared. He always just looked laissez-faire. And this looks like a guy who cares. I don't know if he's fighting... To stay on this team, I don't yeah, know if he's auditioners. So you're giving me a team who's playing a lot better against a team that doesn't score a lot of points. I'm, I don't know that I don't know that Cardinals win this game, but I'm going to take the points in this one. Give me the Cardinals. I think the line is five and a half. Yeah, give me the Cards plus the five and a half at the Berg. I think they probably lose, but maybe they lose like something like 21-17, 24-20, something like that. I think they cover the spread. I like it. So what do you got? I got the Oklahoma State Cowboys plus 14.5 versus Texas. The Florida State Seminoles minus 2.5 versus Florida. The Houston Texans minus 2.5 against my Broncos. And the Rams minus 2.5 against the Browns. Okay, I have in college Washington. I, this line is just crazy to me. Washington plus 9. And then Iowa plus... I'm going to steal a half a point here. Give me Iowa plus 22 against Michigan. They might get shut out ah. and still cover the spread. And in the NFL, I got the Lions minus four and a half. That'd be hilarious, dude. That'd be so funny. <laughs> if they lose 20 to nothing. <laughs> oh, man. Would that really surprise you? It wouldn't surprise me at all. I got the Detroit Lions minus four and a half at New Orleans on a big comeback game to prove that they're worthy. And the Cards plus the five and a half just sneak a cover against the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. I believe, uh, you know, I wanted to ask, before we go to, tri before we go to Scotty Trivia, I wanted to ask you something. 
Um, what are your thoughts on some of these verbal decommits at oh, Colorado? Yeah. We've had a five-star quarterback decommit. We've had a wide receiver. Four-star running back. Four-star running back decommit, and I think a wide receiver decommitted. Like, what are your thoughts on that? I don't overreact to it. I think a lot of it is the, the number one, they're high school kids. Number two, the weather was nice. And they were talking yeah. about everywhere. Deion was everywhere. They're winning. And Deion, <laughs> the winning. Deion's a personal guy. I totally Absolutely. understand. But now since the 4 and 8, and, 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 and a lot of these kids, you don't decommit forever. They're just maybe reopening, seeing what else is out there. Maybe they recommit. But I think it's I think it's just how it goes nowadays. Dude, recruiting is so nuts. I used to be so into it. Now I don't even like yeah, it's just too, I thought, it's too much of a like I scout win. Michigan. Oh, cool. We'll see if we we'll see if he signs. If he signs, I'll get into it. Yeah. Until then, it is what it is, dude. I just thought it was a little fascinating that he was kind of complaining about the 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 I guess the business and what the NCA allows and doesn't allow. And it's like, dude, you realize you pulled your son and like two or three other players from Jackson State to come to Colorado. Three. <laughs> was it more than that? I think so. Yeah. It was more like you know you. <laughs> You played by the game, so it's great when it works for you, but it sucks when it works against you. And this is why people start. This is when you start to become a polarizing person. You know, you like to play the game as long as it works in your favor, but then you don't like it so much when it works against you. So, um, I'm with you though. I, don't read too much into it. I think you'll still get a lot of kids to come that wouldn't have come there if he wasn't there. So, and I suspect they'll be a better team next year than they were this year. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. All right, so we got Scotty trivia, but we got a little twist on Scotty trivia this week. We'll call it Scotty Reverse Trivia, where he won't be <laughs> quizzing me this week. I will be quizzing Scotty, and we'll see how he does. I'm going to start you off with a relatively easy one here, and we'll see, we'll see how you do. Um, who was the first defensive lineman to total 20 sacks in a season? Now, you have to remember, they didn't really start officially keeping the sack total until a certain time, so you can't go back to, like, Mean Joe Green or something like that. So, who is the first def defensive lineman? Defensive lineman to record twenty sacks. Was it? Well, was oh, it? Oh, I was going to say yeah. it like that. Was it Michael Strahan, Tom Mack, Mark Gastineau, or Emerson Boozer? Gastineau. It was Gastineau. Correct. All right. Three a little. Play a little wiffle ball to start to get a little harder as we go. Mangano my, my my guesses Reggie White, and then he goes easy. What a fucking tool bag this guy is. <laughs> All right, second question. Here we go. Hall of Fame Baltimore Colt quarterback Johnny Unitas spent 17 of his 18 seasons with the horseshoe on his helmet. Which team did he retire with? The Chargers. With in 1973. Didn't even have to go with it. But it was um, it was uh, my guy. Um, Namath. Joe Namath it yeah. was played yeah. with the Rams. Okay, two for two. Look, see, I'm, I'm so nice. I make this relatively easy for you, but you're doing great. Here we go. Last one. The first Super Bowl occurred on January 15th, 1967. The Green Bay Packers playing the Kansas City Chiefs. Which NFL team was the first to lose three Super Bowls? Was it the Packers, the Cardinals, the Eagles, or the Vikings? Which team lost was the first to have three Super Bowl so losses? The obvious answer is the Vikings. I don't know if that's it. I want to see the Eagles. Is it the Packers, the Cardinals, the Eagles, or the Vikings? I'm gonna go Eagles. Final answer. <sighs> Scotty, you pulled a Pete, and you or went against. Vikings? Yeah, you went against well, your yeah. your instinctual thoughts yeah. here. It was the yeah. Minnesota Vikings. So 
Two out of three, not bad. I might, I might not have to make you feel better. I don't know. Oh, that's ah! just that's just hurtful, you little fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> Next time, I'm not gonna be so easy on you. <laughs> Great job. What do you? What is the? What are your? What is your main thing you're watching this weekend? College football, pro football, Friday night, right into the weekend. Biggest college football game. What do you mean? Like biggest college football game that you're watching this weekend? I don't want you to say Michigan because that's not a big. Oh game. No, well, that's, that's, a, that's obvious. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it if they played Montclair. So that's right. that's the. Um, I would probably. Yeah, Friday night games gonna be awesome. Washington Oregon's gonna be awesome. But I, but but I also think Georgia Bama is gonna be good too. Like, see, I think I think Washington Oregon is the one I'm looking forward to the most, and Georgia Alabama is the one that to me is the most interesting. That because I'm just having a hard time. I think I know who Alabama is. Yeah. And Georgia's very good. I just don't know how good, and that's where that's what I want to see. I want I want to see how good Georgia is. So that's that's where it's like that's the most interesting. But I'm I'm looking forward to that Washington. I think Washington Oregon game. I think it's just gonna be fireworks. I think it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. And that's tomorrow night, Friday night. So looking forward to it. What is that? 124. 124 yeah, in the 24. books. Fantastic. As always, we appreciate you guys listening. For Scott Bracy, I'm Pete Colasano. You've been listening to Bump and Run. We'll catch you guys next week. Go blue, go for three in a row, and later. Stop!